Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the designfootball.com podcast. My name is Jay, I'm the resident blogger on designfootball.com. This is a preview of 2017. I'm joined today by Chris Oakley, who is known for his work on the Football Attic, uh, the fantastic Kit Bliss website, and in the real world is also a graphic designer, webmaster and lots of other great things. Hi Chris, how are you? Hi, Jay. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, nice to speak to you again. Uh, it's wonderful to have you on. Now, uh, I, I I spoke to John Devlin the other day, and we did a kind of review of the things that have gone on in in twenty sixteen. Did Did you enjoy twenty sixteen from a, a a football design perspective? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, every year is uh, you know brings new new designs and uh, a new approach to things. And um, I mean, there was the, some some obvious sort of things that sort of spring to mind really I think I don't know why but the the, the first thing I always spring always springs to my mind is is the Nike vaporware stuff mm-hmm. it's just it was just so dominant really and whether you like it or not um it was just I don't know like I say it just cropped up everywhere and you know club and, and national level and I think it has uh some virtue to it really I mean I wouldn't say it's the best football kit design there's ever been but um I just thought it was a good, strong design, and, and mostly speaking, Nike really stuck to the template quite rigidly, and there's there's a lot to like about it, as much as it, it may, at times got a little bit monotonous to see it over and over again. But that was the that was the main one for me, really. That's what I think to, you know, 2016 will be all about when we look back in years to come as wizened old men. Yeah. See, I I obviously spoke to as I mentioned, I spoke to John the other day. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it came up the Nike yeah. Vapor, Nike Vapor uh, kits. Yeah, uh, it, we we've fallen into the trap completely of of them doing something which was which didn't necessarily appeal immediately, and mm. maybe made a lot of people angry. And yet, that sums up the year. That so all the attention <laughs> uh, has gone on. Onto what they did, um, and as I mentioned to John, when when the 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 main competition, it was Euro twenty sixteen, and and two teams wearing that Nike Va- Nike Vapor kit made it to the uh, to the final, and one of them clearly won it. So, yeah, all, all kinds of sort of um, facets to that 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 design and and how popular it became and where it was seen and where it wasn't seen and so on yeah it was an interesting one i thought you, you almost have traditional football kits and then you have nike vapor and it, whether it's better or not it's difficult to say but th- 
if you want to say that that it is better than other football kits, then you've got a lot of ammunition for that, really, because yeah. because of the success on field. But um, we'll see. I th- the, yeah, I, I think it was the socks. If they'd have, if they'd have, if the contrasting coloured socks, I think um, if they could have fixed that, the the overall opinion of of that template um, would have been miles better. I think mm. actually, but I mean, it's not doesn't make it disastrous kit. It's just perhaps what a lot of people weren't expecting or couldn't handle for some reason. Yeah, uh, you, you have you have the, its successes, and I think in the case of England particularly, it was a massive, massive failure. Um, mm. I I would imagine the sales were not great, but I don't know. No. I don't know. I might. I'm, no, I, I would hate to. Um, I would hate to say to something agree. which. Yeah, I, I I would hate to say something that I can't actually back up, but I suspect <laughs> that they were poor, and. Um, obviously England did not play well in the kit either so uh, th- that's the negative aspect of it but apart from that yeah uh, it's um, hmm, frustrating I think it's frustrating when someone does something and you, and you look at it and say uh, well you haven't got any right to do that and they go well we have got the right <laughs> to do it we are doing it and look it's actually working uh, because yeah. the whole focus of it was that that this is the the optimum performance technology and kind of improve right but we went over this enormously with with john devlin so i don't want to get bogged sure. down in that again it, but they're winning they're winning again because we're going to dedicate two podcasts just a, a third podcast because we did it a year ago and we focused on it and now we're, we're mm-hmm. looking back on it and and talking about it so um yeah 2016 belongs to nike vapor but there were mm-hmm. other things that happened is there anything else that that caught your eye well i I, I just think because um, I seem to remember, I think we had it must have had a discussion about this time last year, and and the discussion we had then was that there were a lot of clubs, at least in the UK, that were dipping into the whole retro thing. They were kind of going into different eras, and I think in two thousand and sixteen, the move has been away from the retro sort of approach, which is no bad thing necessarily. I think retro designs are good if you have a bit of light and shade and then you kind of dip Mm. in and out occasionally it's when you have clubs that every single season do a different retro kit and different retro kit and different retro um you need new stuff you've got to have new designs or at least a new take on something and i think this year in general we've seen a move away from uh retro designs generally speaking and i say that that's good because when retro comes around again for all we know it might be next year um at least we'll have sort of had a bit of a break from it but um yeah some some interesting sort of more modern looking designs has, has helped to cl- uh, cleanse the palette you might say mm. yeah I've seen that with um, with some of the smaller manufacturers like Joma and Macron and so on they seem to be doing their own thing uh, and obviously there's an idea that, that kits should be tight and streamlined and so on and, and Kappa have obviously had uh, some very very tight fitting kits again which they're known for anyway uh, but yeah some of the designs they're asymmetric like there is a i think array have done asymmetric designs joma have done asymmetric designs. so that's uh that obviously is is not retro really you wouldn't you wouldn't think many of those would be retro that's like Mm. almost to the point where 20 years ago if you said what what would a kit look like in in 2016 (laughs) some of the kits that have been released this year would would be faithful to that idea so 
we're, we're yeah. now in the the modern times, I suppose, which is yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, a little bit of a strange feeling to have where that that future that we imagined and then we went ah that'd be ridiculous well actually it's here it's happening um yeah that you say about there there hasn't been the the retro elements so much um i i think there's yeah. a, a a conflict maybe between what you would describe as retro and high watermark so uh, a lot of manufacturers or clubs maybe will go back and say what was the best kit we had and we'll try to re recreate that in the modern day, which which is is retro, obviously by definition. Yes. But it's also not saying we will pick a random point in history. We will actually go, okay, what strong is strong design? The, yeah, what was the strong design? What was the definitive design of our kit? We'll go for the a modern approach with that. So n not so much of its time back then, but just maybe pick the best timeless design from the past and recreate that in a modern way which that i suppose that's what you would always go for but then you've got to alternate that each season with each season or every two seasons that used to be but it's each season now really because everyone releases a new kit every season um so you alternate it with something modern and fresh and exciting and then you go back to the classic kit and liverpool recently of, of especially with the home kits have gone for that high watermark, high watermark approach each season, but maybe yeah. a little bit of a twist on it each year. So sure. they, they don't seem to be going for anything modern with their home kits. Um, mm. Yeah, the the other thing about the the retro element is the Germany and Russia kits that were released quite <laughs> recently. They they're going to be worn, I think, in the Confederations Cup, or that's what they've been billed as. What did you yeah. think of those? Well, I, I think they're terrific. I mean, and ironically, those are, uh, well, there's, there's a definite nod in the direction of the retro on, on those ones, particularly with the Germany one, I would say. I think they're lovely, and it proves that you can do it. You can create these really strong designs, but make them look modern and not a complete, absolute, 100% copy of what went before. Um, and uh, they're nice. I mean, that's Adidas design probably at, at their best. Um, Adidas are capable of doing so much original work and 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 sort of eye-catching with it as well and yet we don't in my view we don't seem to see enough of that at least at club level in the uk um we seem to get these fairly kind of ho-hum i mean smart neat looking kits um but nothing to kind of really set the pulse racing and i think um with those two uh, shirts or kits that you mentioned there i think they're terrific and, and the lovely sort of zigzag um design on the on the russia shirt is is I mean, you would think it was—you'd think it'd never been done before. But the reaction I'm seeing from people that just saying, "Wow, this is just amazing!" Uh, I mean, it is a sort of pastiche of something that's gone before, but it's done really well, and and I can't wait to see more of it in future. Um, I, I would say I'm a little less um, overwhelmed by the Germany shirt, but they're both very strong designs and, and both really well made. And I just wish that we—it sounds terribly scathing. I don't wish it to be, but I think Adidas design has a lot of potential and that gives you an insight into what's possible albeit using a sort of retro vehicle if you like to to achieve it but in my view we don't see enough eye-catching stuff from adidas at, at club level but um but they're they're, they're two wonderful designs i really mm. want to see them sort of you know i think the germany shirt has already been or the germany kit has already been worn hasn't it i think in uh, in uh, friendlies recently or even euro qualifiers i can't remember i think that's right yeah um 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the Germany one has. I don't know about the the Russian one, but yeah, I'm the, not sure. I, I possibly the the thing with the Germany one and the thing with both of them is in recent years there have been patterns used. So let's say five or six years ago, they used to have there would be the return of like the, the bold patterns in the um, in the watermark or as a background or something. But it always mm. used to play second fiddle to whatever structure was going on with the shirt with Adidas. So they would have all these different panels and um, and it would it would also it would kind of be drowned out by whatever structure was going on with the shirt. And that hasn't really mm. happened with these two. So the it takes like pride of place and it is the most prominent element of the of the shirt with yeah. that they speak for the, themselves just, don't they with that yeah the, so the the germany one is it's a nod to you would describe it as the netherlands 88 home shirt or more pertinently the the shirt that germany wore against england in the italian 90 semi-final it's that sort of pattern that that geometric yeah. isometric thing um so it's a, it's a bold thing to do to put it on the home shirt instead of the away shirt and that's quite i suppose subversive would would be I might, might be a little bit of an overblown way of putting it but to to actually say no we're not just going to re- recreate a just release a green because that would be an easy way of doing it to say okay we're yeah. just going to release a green shirt with that pattern on it again and it will sell loads of units because everyone will, will love it because it's like the old one but to, to actually say no we're not going to do that we're going to do it with a home shirt is uh, a bold thing to do I, I think the it's got the classic um, three coloured trim on the on the collar I think I don't know if it's yeah. got it on the cuffs as well but it's on the collar mm. and I, I think it's almost as if there's two shirts in one there and they could have done <laughs> one or the other um, yeah. but I think they used that trim on the last Germany shirt as well so it probably wouldn't have been enough of a change to just have a v-neck with that trim uh no. but yeah it's a great shirt but the, the russia one for me is just fantastic just yeah absolutely yeah great shirt and it is the one thing it is missing is cctp on the front i think <laughs> but, i think we're all um, agreed on that aren't we? <laughs> yeah but it, you can get that done surely it's not gonna be that difficult <laughs> <laughs> If that's heat so, transfer yeah. lettering, yeah. Oh, you, you know that Putin's version of that shirt that he wears at home, the one he <laughs> sleeps in, it's got to be his pyjamas. The one he sleeps in, he's <laughs> definitely had CCCP put on the front. <laughs> what he goes hunting in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's shirtless when he goes hun- hunting. Oh, of course, that's, I forget. I'm, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, would, it would be his sleepwear, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> those, those are the big shirts for me. Um, so towards the end of this year so they've been real highlights for me um and then there's the other brands so oh sorry with adidas as well they um they're pushing the leisure wear a lot and i spoke to john about this i think um but the sort of derivative stuff the adidas originals and stuff that is coming out for manchester united and real madrid and and bayern is really good it's for people who have got ocd it's it's a little bit annoying because they're using like the wrong the trefoil logo on on designs that when they were originally released in the 90s actually would have had the equipment logo on them and that kind of thing but yeah. there's some fantastic stuff i saw a pair of um, real madrid uh, jogging bottoms that are white and cream and oh they're just <laughs> fantastic um they look uh velour and they're just wonderful <laughs> so that that's uh some of that stuff is is great and it gives people 
alternatives to actually wearing the playing kit and I think that's really being pushed now and it, you'll see yeah. more of that in 2017 that, that fans will have options outside of of the actually buying just a replica shirt here's a whole yeah. range of different things you can wear to support your football club um, even more than there has ever been before so that's a, a great mm. thing for me um, yeah. the other manufacturers anything else that you've seen well I just I kind of feel that Puma and Under Armour are the sort of two that manufacturers that stand out that are really still offering something a little bit different and, and not just kind of being as formulaic as some of the other um, manufacturers, which may be a bit harsh, maybe sort of being generalising a bit too much. But um, but I would say certainly Puma continue to be very strong in what they do. Um, they're not doing anything necessarily um, wild and wacky in their designs, but um, but but they're just sort of offering something a bit different and. And Under Armour as well. Um, I mean, sort of thinking of the of the Tottenham kit with the sort of shoulder panels. Okay, one could argue that's been done on occasions before uh, across the top of the shoulders, but it's just a nice, different sort of offering. And the, and the general sort of understated styling that you get sort of around the cuffs and so on uh, on the shirt. It, it just um, I think they're doing. They're, both of those manufacturers are continuing to do excellent work, and um, hope that that continues into next year. Of course. Mm. Uh, yeah, Under Armour tend to do their own thing, uh, hmm. and Pumas, that's always been the case. They don't seem to follow the trends of the other manufacturers. No. Um, the Rangers kits, uh, I think they're, they're, there was a whole dispute about Sports Direct not being allowed to stock them or something. I can't remember hmm. what. They went into some big dispute, and they didn't. They weren't stocked in, in Sports Direct stores for a long time, I don't think, but hmm. now I think that's been resolved one way or, or, or another now. Um, but they're great. They they've given them th- three really good kits, I think. Uh, but yeah, so Puma they're doing their own thing and and that's working out okay. I'm not a great fan of the Arsenal kit, but um, or or mm. any of the Arsenal kits this season. But yeah, it, they're always interesting to to see because with other other manufacturers you can have a an idea of the the trends. So you can see the trends, and you can see, oh, this is gonna, this is what's gonna follow off the back of that, and that's the direction they're moving in. With with Puba, it's it seems to go against that a little bit. Um, yeah, they they seem to be, there seems to be like a time shift. They're in a, even if we're going through an old cycle of of what happened ten years ago, and then they go through it again. With Puba, yeah. they they may be five years behind that, or or the other way of looking at it is that they're five years ahead. So. Um, yeah, they're an interesting mm. one. What have you thought of Umbro recently? Where, where do you think they they are now? I think it's still um, they're doing really well. I mean, I I remember at the start of the season or before the start of the season when the new kits were coming out, and um, the the two that spring to mind were sort of Derby and the Everton away, which had a sort of ring around the sort of shoulder going under the arm and everything. Um, mm. And I sort of at the time I thought, wow, this, that's quite sort of quite a strong design. But does it look a little bit too clinical? And I, I've, I've recently seen both of those. I think I saw Everton playing in their away kit the other day, yellow and blue, and it just looks so so good. I think, and and to, so that to my mind proves that they're doing wonderful stuff still. Um, and, and and in that particular template, the the choice of colours. There's a lot to be said for the choice of colour on on kits rather than any particular motifs that are used or design devices, let's say. But it's but it's the choice of colours that they go. I think that's what Umbro is showing that they're still very good at. 
Um, and I mean, as a West Ham fan, this year's West Ham kit, um, not as uh, good as last season's. I think last season's kit for West Ham was sort of exceptional. But again, going back to the colours, this, this season West Ham have an away kit, which is white shirts with the pale blue shorts. And they've made that look really good. Whenever I've seen West Ham playing in their away kit this season, they, that looks really, really good. Um, I would argue better than the all pale blue one from last season. So I, I think um, Umbro have nothing to worry about whatsoever. They're in a very mm. good place. And I, I just want to sort of see them more and more prominent, if not in the Premier League, than in, you know, across all four top divisions, really. They're, 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 I know it's kind of a gradual process, them sort of rebuilding and getting back perhaps to where they were. But um, but I want to see it happen. I, I I think they're doing all the right things. Myself. What about yourself? Yeah, for most, uh, I I agree with a lot of that. I I'm not so so sure with the uh, the the Everton kit with the it looks like they're wearing a backpack. But <laughs> the, uh, the there's a team that you talked about on your podcast the other day. Um, I, I don't know if they're called Nacional or something. Nacional, some, yeah, Uruguay. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got. The, the taping on the shoulder, yeah. So that's similar to that's the beautiful. the England shirt, which is I think ninety nine to two thousand and one, um, which is a great England shirt. If you look look back at that shirt, and mm. um, yeah, that one's that is a uh, a forgotten great of of England football shirts. That one, um, so there's taping down the shoulder and and sleeve on that one, and and they've brought that back. So we're hoping. I think I, I do. I speak for you as well when I say that we're hoping that that it will come back in the Premier League, maybe who, with whoever's with Umbro next season. Uh, oh, they'll have that taping yeah. on the sleeve. And not only that, but I just find that you know, you, occasionally you get a, a, a brief glimpse of a, an Umbro kit because obviously they're they're still quite noticeable in in their. With, with the kits that they designed for South American uh, teams, I mean, in the case of Peru national team, but also clubs like Nacional, and you catch a glimpse of some of these kits, and you think, oh, if only we could see more of that, because they seem to cater for that market, or, I don't know, maybe just for, you know, the sensibilities of South American fans in their designs, mm. and it's often different from what we get, and I just, in the number of times I think, oh, if only we could see more of that on your, you know, on Umbro's kits for... For, for the UK market it would be wonderful and that is a prime example I'd love to see it since as you said it's essentially white taping ribbon taping on a white shirt so you, you might sort of think well what's the point of that you can't see it but it's it's just beautifully done especially if you can see the detailing up close oh, I'd, I'd love to see more of that next season mm. well in in whatever form it takes so if it is even yeah. if it's contrast then uh, I'd, I'd be pretty pleased just to see, mm. see it return so That'd be really good. Um, looking, yeah, looking forward to the next next batch of Umbro kits for that reason mainly. I think um, mm. they're they're in a situation where they did went down the uh, classic route, and we're moving away from that. And I've said before that I think it's it's mainly to do with with Warrior. They they yeah. set those wheels in motion despite releases of horrendous kits. They were the ones that were brave enough to actually say. No, we're not going to do these plain things anymore. We need to do something different, and they gave us those mm. some horrible kits. But since then, the the other manufacturers have followed. So you, all the graphic designs and and so on have have come back. Um, yeah, so all the bold prints and so on. You're seeing all this stuff coming back, which is which is great. And Umbro are stuck between these two uh, from an ethos point of view. Do they do they follow that, or do they say no? Actually, we we do things classically and and 
they are finding the middle ground just about right at the minute but they mm. as a result they're not quite as distinctive as they were but still releasing yeah. some some decent kits uh one manufacturer another kit that you talked about uh, on your podcast is the senegal um african yes. nations cup kit which is the shirt is fantastic it's got a big lion isn't it i think it's a lion, a lion on the that's chest. right yes um, weren't sure, that, but it is a lion. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great, and uh, particularly happy about that one being so good and being so high profile because um, it was designed by a uh, designfootball.com member, uh, Irving Perez, who I spoke to on a podcast earlier this year. And he's no longer with Ramai Sports, I don't think, but he did design that shirt. They, they, I think they tweaked it after he had left very slightly, but it was his, mm. uh, it was his concept, and it's yeah. So for that one to be so well received on on your fantastic podcast and just <laughs> generally uh, made me quite happy. Uh, I might yeah. even get that one. I'm I'm tempted by that one. Very oh. tempted by that one. It's a good one. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic design. So well, well done to Irving for that, uh, and yeah, that's I suppose the the direction we, we wait and see. So I spoke to John about it a little bit, and uh, we'll see where the manufacturers go. We we may be getting hints of it. The Adidas stripes are moving back to the shoulders, which oh, it looks okay. that way. It, it seems that way. I think from what we've seen from the releases we've seen recently, the Adidas stripes certainly is. Um, as a trend are going to be moving back to the shoulders it was only a one season thing really I had a feeling that might be the case yeah yeah I did as well Um, and I spoke to several people sort of in the know um, who suggested that it would be just a temporary thing to mix it up a little bit and uh, yeah Mm. Uh, sad in a way because I think it worked really well the oh yeah the the continuation onto the shorts uh, for example Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Uh, so I've I've alluded to it a couple of times, um, but one of the great things about 2016 has been your podcast. So <laughs> the football attic, we thought the football attic was, yeah, fair to say we thought it was dead, and it's as a blog site, it's either in hibernation or or it's an it's an ex blog site. <laughs> but you did resurrect the podcast, didn't you? Well, yes, um, it was a sort of strange process, really, because about this time last year, actually, um, we decided to bring the blog site to a close. I was just 
suffering a bit from mental burnout from having sort of <laughs> written so much over four years and um, felt like I just wanted to kind of have a bit of a break, which we did. But we maintained, Rich Johnson and I, but sort of maintained that we always enjoyed doing the podcasts for, for the Football Attic. And um, we had a break for about a couple of months. Then we decided to have a try with a, um, a new podcast project called Attic Life, where we just sort of talk about stuff predominantly which isn't football uh, stuff you know everyday life kind of subjects if you if you like and we did a few of those and um we haven't com- although we, we haven't recorded one of those for a long time we haven't completely finished we're going to sort of you know crop up from time to time and, and do an occasional one of those but it i think we we both felt that we really wanted to talk about football when we did podcasts and so we sort of said okay well we can bring those back but what do we talk about because we used to talk about football nostalgia before we've done that we've kind of ran out of subjects on football nostalgia and of course you know we both we've both always been fans of of kit design and so it made sense to um bring back the football attic podcast but to talk about kits um even though it's not logical (laughs) from the point of view of you know obviously football kit design is ostensibly a visual medium um but we sort of went along with it we we felt that if people were interested enough then then they'd kind of uh, run with it and and to some extent they are and and it's been it's been a joy we sort of brought those uh, we started doing those podcasts in june this year and we've done about 11 so far uh, typically on a on a, a fortnightly basis and they're going well and um you know complimenting your own fine work you know i think um it's proving to be a worthwhile exercise yeah uh it, At the very least. it certainly is um i really enjoy listening to them um, something that I don't do or we don't do on this on this podcast is really reviews of the latest releases and there's various reasons for that um, mainly because I know that after I record one of these podcasts it could be a long time before I actually publish it so um, mm. it's things that are news when we record it are not necessarily news to the same extent when it when it gets published so I uh, I try to keep some sort of uh, edging towards a timeless quality to these um, for for ne- necessity, really. But mm. what you do on on yours is a, a a topical review of the latest shirts that have been released, and it's it's great to listen and, and go. Oh, I haven't actually seen that one, and actually um, mm. just have a, a a look at that kit that you're describing. So that's well, the great. Thing is, so just to jump in, I was just going to say the thing is, we ostensibly we, we're sort of describing a lot of kits a lot of the time, which mm. I don't know to what extent people appreciate it or find it tedious or whatever. But something that we've just started doing the last one or two podcasts is providing a sort of um, on request service, which is to provide a kind of crib sheet, so that if you're if you're hearing us describing a particular kit, but you can't be bothered to go onto Google and look for a picture of it yourself. You can actually get in contact with us and say, "Can I have your crib sheet for this podcast?" Mm-hmm. And we will contact you and send it to you. And then you can actually sort of look at the the visuals while you're listening to us, which is something we we should have done a lot earlier because it's obvious. But um, but we started doing it, and the, the 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 feedback we've had, such as it is so far, is has been good. So we're going to be doing more of that, and um, yeah, <laughs> hopefully it adds that extra visual dimension to what we're doing. It would sort of mm-hmm. would be the obvious thing to do, frankly. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit like a. Um a director's uh, commentary as mm. a DVD extra, isn't it? So that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's quite handy. Just, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we've, we've never insulted people or tried to spoon-feed people by sort of saying, look, if you're going to listen to her podcast, yeah, you must have this picture in front of you. We, we, we trust people to go, go and um, investigate shirts that we're describing mm. if, they, if they're interested. Um, but, you know, it's, it does perhaps get a little bit dry if you're just hearing us sort of saying, and now this team has just brought out a blue shirt and it's got a white collar. And, you know, if you're hearing that over and over again, it, you, you need a bit more perhaps to sort of sustain your interest. So that's, that's essentially why we're doing this now. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, the other option is if, if you have faith in, in your opinions and, and Rich, Rich has a lot of opinions as well, doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't, uh, doesn't shirk yeah. on the opinions. Um, no, and, and I think and you need that because if it was up to me, because I, I tend to be quite balanced about what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you need someone to sort of say, actually, this is terrible, and then that at least you know, makes people's kind of eyes open, and you know, it's, yeah. that's, you need a bit of that. If uh, like if you're a proper fanboy of of say Rich, you could you could just listen and go, well, Rich Rich says it's fantastic, so I'm going to go and check that one out, and and then Rich says it's <laughs> crap, so I won't bother with that one. I think there's there's many people who would have that that approach who just. Uh, <laughs> Just listen to to what Rich says and and just go along with that. And why not? And why not? Um, now I'd say the other the other point, of course, is that you, I mean I don't know to what extent anybody in the industry listens to us. I suspect they don't. But at the, I always try and be a bit balanced because you don't want to keep slagging off, say, one particular or one or two particular manufacturers mm. just in case they think, oh, well, you know, they're clearly they've got a chip on their shoulder about us. So I try to look for the positive and negative in in as much as possible, really. Whereas Rich doesn't care. Yeah, that yeah, I, yeah, that has been said of him. I suppose. Do I need? To, I, I'm just thinking now. Do I need to redress the balance on Nike a little bit? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But uh, it's too late. Can't do anything about it now. Um, also, that so more of the same then next year. Is that that is a that's a that's something you're going to be continuing with then? Yeah, we're back in the new year, and um, yeah, I mean, we've we've had a few guests on, people like your good self, and which is always wonderful, uh, just to get a sort of third opinion, and it just sort of keeps things more interesting. And we hope to have more more guests and more people um, on whenever possible. And of course, as you say, we've got the African Cup of Nations coming up, so we'll be looking at that. And there's um, it won't be long, I suppose, before we <laughs> reach the end of the domestic season, and then you'll be previewing what's coming up for for next season. So, there's, uh, although it's going a bit quiet at the moment in terms of new releases, there's there's always something to talk about, and and we can be a little bit nostalgic by picking, say, a particular tournament to look back on. So it's nice, nice for us. So it's yeah, it's just more of the same, really, and um, keeping up any particular standard that we've uh, we've already uh, set thus far. Mm. I I do like that element of it. The uh the half and half elements are now this is kit news for half of it and then now we've got this themed element so we're, we're going to look back on a particular tournament um or a partic- the the christmas kits thing was brilliant so if, if you haven't listened to it's probably the latest one when this is published or uh yeah it will be the latest one when this is published is uh look back at whoever in the premier league seasons who was top at christmas because the champions of each season their kits almost without exception will become iconic through exploits mm. on the pitch because they 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 actually won um but the other ones are the are the ones that that could so nearly have become iconic if the team that was top at christmas actually did go on to win the league and in some cases they did but not all cases mm. so you you talk about those and there are some gems in there that that have maybe been forgotten because because that team is forgotten because they didn't go on to win the league so yeah that was a that was particularly interesting the last one um 
so also uh, Kit Bliss as well so what's to come on yeah. Kit Bliss Kit Bliss is your illustration website so il- illustrating football kits in, uh, in a similar way to historical football kits and uh, the true colours elements um, that's it is that, would that be fair to describe it as that yeah um, I'm not sure it can sort of um, you know hold a light to those esteemed um, sites but I do what I can <laughs> yeah it's basically a, a site with lots of galleries on uh, different kits um, for as many different teams as I, I can do really um, it hasn't got the depth of um, content on the other those other sites you've mentioned have got but it's an ongoing process it's a slow burner and I, I illustrate kits whenever I can Had, haven't had a lot of time unfortunately just before Christmas because of other things going on but certainly in the new year um, I'll be doing some more stuff and um I think there's one thing I'd really there's one kind of itch that I'd really like to scratch next year uh, in terms of content and that is I'd love to do a lot more um, NASL kits actually um, because I mean we John Devlin and I recorded a podcast for your good self actually um, some time mm-hmm. ago and we mentioned NASL kits and in, in the process of doing research for that it just suddenly rem- reminded me that um, there's some brilliant I think some brilliant kits from NASL history and there's um, one particular website um, I think it's NASLjerseys.com which has got just so much wonderful photographic content and I thought if I don't use some of that and and illustrate some of those kits then I'm a fool to myself because it's I don't know what it is in the UK I don't think we sort of saw a great deal of NASL back in the day back in the late 70s and early 80s but um, I mean, I had a book when I was a kid which had all the kits. It was made in about, I think it was published in about 1980 when NASL was still a thing. Um, and um, just the styling of the kits from, from the US, I just find really, I don't know, I just get really engaged with it. And obviously, you know, numbers on the front of the shirts and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm going to try and do a, 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 a quite a few NASL kits if I can. But that's, can't make any promises, but that's on my on my list of things to do, let's say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, I, I've talked about it. I don't know which podcast it was when I talked about it. Well, that was obviously a great one that you and John recorded uh, for the designfootball.com podcast. And th- it's amazing when you look back at those kits and they were regarded sometimes as, as ridiculous and overly branded <laughs> and so on. And then you see that actually they were massively ahead of their time and, and so oh. many modern designs have actually followed them up so this was pre-sponsorship so yeah. you, you could just substitute the the big name that they had like graphically printed um with like flourishes and and sort of pictures next to it for, for whatever particularly <laughs> um evocative name that that these clubs had and yeah. that that's directly translates to the modern day where the corporate element means that a, a sponsor can have a picture on the front of your shirt in the same way. So it, mm. it it's obviously a different concept, but it it predates that. Um, and also just like design features at the time that were different. They were just trying everything. Adidas in particular were trying all kinds of different things. And we've seen it in, in modern kits subsequently and in Europe mm. particularly. But um, yeah, so that's there is there are certainly some gems to be found in in that period uh so that's something great to look forward to uh love checking kit list so some of the conceptual stuff you have on there you do fantasy designs on there as well don't you 
fantasy designs yeah which again kind of sprang up from from football attic because i would occasionally do a sort of kit design feature along the lines of taking something from years ago and putting a modern twist on it or giving a, a putting a fantasy um uh, layer on top so i mean there's loads of examples there but things even things like what would shirts in the late 60s look like if they had late 70s shirt sponsorship and 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 things silly things like that and i when i start or when i um um switched my Kiplist site from blog from a blogger platform onto a standard html platform about a year ago i thought i'm going to bring across some of that stuff from the football attic because it's I, I quite like it and 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 those um things that i did for the football attic um almost always if i say so myself put a smile on people's faces and, and got the biggest response on twitter because people like seeing fantasy stuff i mean you know mm. seeing things it's almost like sometimes there's a finite amount of interest that you can get from looking at old football kits and it's almost like sometimes you feel like you've used up you've seen every possible i don't know leeds kit or man united kit or whatever so when somebody does a fantasy thing i mean this is you know the joy of design football really i mean you see these galleries people design stuff that doesn't actually exist it gives you something new and refreshing to look at and and just by putting you know like a watney's red barrel sponsorship logo on a man united kit from 1968 mm-hmm. as a, yeah it's silly it's silly but it kind of it almost makes you want to believe that it's real i think and that's what i think what people like about it so there's yeah there's lots of fantasy stuff on on kiplis and there's a section on templates which is um again i'm sort of building up gradually so you can see how many times a particular t- a template was used by a, a wide range of teams it's it, as i say it's a slow burner but there's, there's, there should be something on there for people to get their teeth into if they come and visit kitbliss.co.nz. Mm. Yeah, I, I uh, nostalgia and the the fantasy element, the, the the combination of those two things, is particularly appealing at the, at the minute because mm. it's it's escapism and yeah. Uh, whilst it's a golden age for kit illustration and fantasy kits and uh, and all that kind of stuff, the real world is not a great time for the real world. So. Anything that allows you to escape from that is a uh, is a bonus, I think, at the at the minute. Um, yeah. While we're on that subject, two two other sites. Obviously, John Devlin's True Colors website and John Devlin on on Facebook and Twitter is is where you'll see a lot of the updates. There, he's doing some great stuff. And Dennis Hurley on Museum of Jerseys as well does fantasy designs and also brilliant articles on mm. one of the. He did two great ones in 2016, which was uh, Serie A kits of 1990-91, which is like his. <laughs> that's like for him the 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 best kits there ever been, and everything should should be judged against those. And um, and also uh, the goalkeeper kits, the the progression of goalkeeper yeah. uh, Adidas goalkeeper goalkeeper kits in the 80s, particularly, and then through to the 90s. Um, that's, so he did a few articles on that on museumofjerseys.com so that's some great stuff he's doing there now uh design football next year more of the same competitions uh we are uh there will be member-led competitions sometimes there'll be prizes i think maybe but if not they'll just be uh just for fun competitions and and that's great and some great designs sprout from from those competitions uh there's also something else we're going to be doing um this is the first announcement of this uh, we're going to be doing something called league of blog actor which is well chris you had something (laughs) 
on the football attic. <laughs> yeah, this this yeah. probably needs some explanation, doesn't it? Um, you had yeah. something on the the football attic called the League of Blogs. Can you explain what that was? Certainly. Um, League of Blogs was um, a feature that appeared on the Football Attic blog site. I think uh, I want to say 2011. Oh, it might be 2012 actually. Um, and it came out of nothing really, but it, it proved to be a, a wonderful little sort of sub project. Basically, um, Rich Johnson um, one day designed a football kit. Uh, he illustrated a football kit, which, in his view, sort of depicted and. Um, I don't know. It, it it depicted our blog. It was it's basically like saying, if the football attic blog site um, appeared in football kit form, what would it look like? And so he designed a kit. It used our sort of colours on our on our blog site, which are brown and light blue, and it was terrific. And he sort of sent it to me. He said, "What do you think?" I said, "Oh, it's great." And basically, the conversation in short from there on went, "Oh, um, I wonder what other." football blog sites would look like if they had to be depicted in football kit form and then the next thing from there was that we sort of said well maybe we should for instance create a template a kit template and send that out on on the on, put it out on, the, on our blog and say to people if you've got a blog how about designing a kit that represents your blog and from there i then had the idea that we could then take all of the designs and put them together into a sort of um a jpeg i think i called it like a uh, uh, an e-poster e I think at the time because it reminded me or I was reminded of back in the day when I was a kid Subutio used to put out these catalogues and posters showing all their different kits that you could buy all the different teams you could buy so I sort of said well why don't we take everybody's designs if we get some back and put them together into a sort of digital version of a, of a, a poster effectively so we did it and, and amazingly the reaction was just tremendous I mean everyone went for it completely and it wasn't a design competition. It was just us, uh, like an open thing, just saying, send us, you know, create a design and send it to us. And, and everyone just seemed to go for it in a big way to, to such an extent that we, I think we ended up with about 93 different designs. Some, some people sent us a home and away kit, some just a home kit. I think even one or two people sent us a third kit as well. Um, but it was lovely because in, in, a, in a strange sort of way, without getting too kind of wet about the whole thing, it was, um, it was a way of kind of bringing together everyone in the football blogging community and podcasting community as well. Because instinctively you would look on the, on the graphic to see where your kit design was, but you'd obviously see everybody else's as well and you felt like you were standing shoulder to shoulder with other fellow people and it was lovely. Mm -hmm. So... That was League of Blogs, and then in successive years, we did it for another couple of years, but we took it in a slightly different direction, or rather Rich did, because he was doing all the heavy lifting. He basically turned it into a, a real poster that we, we got printed out, and people were buying those, and also um, like a sticker collection as well with an album and everything. It was, he did some <laughs> tremendous work there, Rich, on that, and um, so it was a thing that ran for a few years, and um, it was just a lovely little sort of aside really yeah. just made you made, and because and everyone thinks that they can design a kit if you give them some felt tip pens or something or you know so everyone instinctively thought oh i'll have a go at that it was just it was just great that was league of blogs essentially mm. yeah um uh, on the face of it this is a particularly elaborate blog role isn't it this is mm. this is uh, yeah. a, lots of like-minded in effect like like-minded websites being featured on on your website but in a in a much more uh graphical way and mm. 
yeah, so it was it was great, and Design Football was uh, a member probably every season, and other other websites that I've been involved with were um, were members as well. So it was a fantastic yep. thing. Now you you very kindly, and I think Rich was involved in this, and you, we had discussions and negotiations and so on. Be very kindly allowed League of Blogs because the football attic isn't running in the same way as it was. But you've allowed Design Football to take over. Um, league of blogs is that correct are we oh yes i mean there's uh, no need to be uh standing on ceremony quite to such an extent i mean we, we didn't um you know copyright the the term league of blogs so um you know, no we're just more than happy to allow that to, to be the sort of influence on on this new project that you're about to describe <laughs> okay so league of blogs but i thought we'd put a, a twist on it so a similar sort of situation which i'll explain in a minute regarding submitting kits and and crests and i'll explain the rules of that in a second um but we're calling it league of blog actor now um what what's the what's the word for that that oh i i can't believe i portmanteau portmanteau yes wear a coat that is uh, (laughs) that is the word i'm I'm thinking of it is a, a portmanteau of um of uh blog and log actor now what is log actor Right. Okay. Stand by for another lecture. Um, Log actor. Anyone who used to buy Shoot magazine in the UK back in the seventies and probably for much of the eighties as well uh, will have seen, consciously or otherwise, a small ad that was always in the back of the of the magazine for a thing called Log Actor Chart Soccer. Uh, now. Um, basically what this was is a game that you could buy it wasn't available in any shops as they always used to say on the old adverts um, it was only available by um, uh, mail order and it was a game not a board game but um, it was a game that involved um, lots of sheets of paper with grids printed on them plus a series of about seven different coloured dice black, red, blue, brown, green, yellow that was kind of it and each dice had a different sort of number configuration so the deal was you could enact a sort of uh, fantasy football season using these dice and by filling in the scores from the dice onto these grids so you'd have a football you could do a football league season you could do fa cup league cup world cup all the Euro- three european competitions that were around at the time you could do it all and basically what you'd you'd for the league season let's say you'd write the names of 16 teams on your chart and then there were certain specific rules about which dice you had to which die you had to roll for the home team and the away team because obviously the home team had slight advantage Um, and then also further into the season as a team would get more uh, a better form than their opponents then you'd use a different colored dice to to denote the gap let's say in their quality i don't know if anything is making any kind of sense but anyway it was all dice and filling in charts with scores and um when we were doing the football attic blog i suddenly became aware of this whole log actor thing and i thought i'm going to investigate this because i'd like to write an article about it so i bought um a sort of set a log actor set if you like um and played out a season i did all the competitions european you name it (laughs) it just went on forever and um and i wrote an article about it and um it's it it's it's a sort of game that as a kid you'd love to do you'd love to play it on a sort of wet 
afternoon, Sunday afternoon, when you can't go out and play football or something, you could just, I was going to say waste hours. I would say waste is not the right word. Um, but you could just fill an entire afternoon in your own mind playing out this kind of fantasy league season and rolling these dice and generating all the scores. And so that was Log Actor, basically. And, and it's and it's still, you, I mean, that article that I wrote is like one of the most popular if not the most popular thing I ever wrote for the Football Attic because so many people got in touch and so I said, oh, I used to play that game and I still own a copy of it and all sorts. It was, it's just, it really it harks back to a, a real nostalgic era for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, that essentially is Log Actor. Yeah, I, I really like that element of it because you, you can read that how you want in terms of form, so you change the dice. If, if your team's doing well, they get a special sort of dice. If they're not doing so well, they get a another sort of special sort of dice which means essentially means if they do well they're more likely to win their next fixtures after a certain amount of time uh if they're doing badly they're more likely to to do badly in the following fixtures and you could read that as as two things you could read that as we found out that team is good or you could read it as confidence is a massive part of football and Mm. so if, if someone goes on a winning run that means the following results will um be positive as well so that's a great thing even though it's a game of chance there is that element of um, of trends yeah. coming into the into a season, so I, it's, I it's, don't know. Sorry, go on, Chris. No, no I was just sorry. I was going to say it's staggeringly well put together in terms of well, I was going to say the realism of the results, but this this mm. whole thing about yeah, every four weeks you have to then reassess which dice get used based on the form of the teams, and it's just it's beautifully engineered to to do that it's i can't tell you how well that was done no, t- such admiration for whoever it was that created the game i have yeah. no idea who yeah i that was exactly what i was going to say that i am amazed that that this game wasn't more popular because it is that's that sums it up perfectly it's brilliantly engineered so mm. it's it's not like you're flipping a coin it's mm. It's so there's so much more involved in it than that. So great fun to play. Um, the the thinking behind people joining up for this is what I said originally that this is an elaborate blog roll. So what we will do is there'll be a section on on designfootball.com which will in effect be a, a blog roll uh, page. So there's a bit of exposure for your website if you want your website to have exposure. That's in, entirely up to you. Um, there will also be a gallery on the website, which will, uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast via designfootball.com, then if you look on the ACAST screen, there should be a a uh, link to the correct gallery uh, where you can upload the kits to. Um, but the point is that we will have match days, and we will do most likely do a podcast. Where we, where Chris, I think you're the best man for this. You'll be actually literally rolling the dice and giving us <laughs> the results for each matches, and um, we will actually focus on on the odd article from each website and talk about things that we found on the websites that are involved in this, uh, yep. things that are, are of interest, and uh, maybe podcasts that we've listened to from these websites as well. So it's a, a little bit of exposure if that's if that's what you're into, or maybe you just want to draw pictures of kits. And uh, you'd like to know what kit you'll be wearing against another team. We do have a commissioner for this, the Mr. Commissioner or the Commissioner. Um, I don't know whether I should keep it secret who it is. But it's, I'm not going to keep it secret. It's Dennis Hurley from Museum of Jerseys, who's particularly 
takes this kind of stuff particularly seriously. So he'll be deciding what kits the teams will be wearing against each other, and those will be shared on Twitter each match day as well. So the different uh, matchups, who's playing who, and what kits they're wearing for each game. And the, this is important stuff. So the rules will be listed. Um, and we so in the gallery, if you'd like to get involved, we would like, at the very least, we'll put a template in there, use that template, colour it in with your kit, your website's kit, um, and a crest. So a home kit and a crest is the absolute minimum. Ideally, if you have the time, please provide us with a home kit, an away kit, a third kit, and two goalkeeper kits. The goalkeeper kits are the, also the fourth and fifth outfield kits. If you can provide those five kits for us, as well as a crest, that would be ideal. The very minimum is a home kit and a crest. But if you just provide a home kit and a crest, then you leave what you will wear in the in the event of needing to change, you leave that up to us. So that's up to you. We will decide on your change kits if you do not provide us with further kits. Uh, have I forgotten anything there, Chris, or is, does that sum it up? That sums it up. I just, all I was going to add is just that I think it will be tremendous fun seeing your, your, te- your blog name, your team, um, up against another blog name and, and, and just the sort of expectation of whether your team will win yeah, each week and 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 the rivalries that I think will build up the friendly rival rivalries. I think there's lots of potential there. I think it'll be great fun. So it's I think it'll be terrific. Yeah, um, exposure if you're interested in that. Drawing kits. Everyone's interested in drawing kits, so you should be interested in that. And uh, also, this game is just the best, and uh, <laughs> I I'm fascinated by it. Uh, Chris is the one who gets to play it, so he has the most fun. But I am interested in, in in watching how things unfold as well. Uh, in terms of numbers, we haven't decided how many people we're going to have involved in this. Uh, we have a rough idea in our heads of the options we have for how many teams can be involved. But just once the gallery is live, submit your blog. And it doesn't matter whether it's a football blog. If you're a member of Design Football and you have your own uh, kit design website, for example, you're eligible. So please enter your website in uh into the gallery and uh but if you if you're nothing to do with football kit design your website's nothing to do with that if it's nothing to do with football we don't care so it can be any sort of uh website or blog um they're all acceptable so get them in um what we will do we've got an idea of how many teams we want uh or several options for how many teams we can have in this once it reaches the limit, we will close the gallery and say any any that have been uploaded past this point um, will not be able to enter. So just get your designs in quickly. That is the, the way in which you enter the League of Blog Actor is to upload your kit design and your crest design in, in one. Yeah, I think it will be one template which will have all the options on there and we need the home kit and the the crest and that will be acceptable for us um and th- the very end cutoff is the end of january because we want to actually kick this off um but it, we're thinking that it'll probably be before then so get the, the get the uh get the kits in as quickly as you can does that sound uh sound right chris have i <coughs> forgotten anything now 
No, I was just going to get for clarification. Um, is it blog sites only, or is it podcasts? Because I know on the old the old league of blogs that we did, I think we allowed people who had blo- uh, podcasts to sort of take part. But ultimately, that decision comes down to you. Um, I think was there any podcast that did not have? So what what would be uh, what would be the distinction? Did didn't they all have their own website, or were, well, were they yeah, on like a podcast been. website or something? Yeah, as I was just say, the, the the ones I remember, uh, I think they tended to have a website that you could download the podcast from. So they kind of mm. by by default probably had a blog, uh, had a website, if not a blog, attached to them anyway. So um, yeah, um, depends whether you kind of want your project to be deemed ostensibly a. Uh, I've said ostensibly three times today. I must uh, rein that in. Um, it's whether you de- deem your project to be specifically a. Uh, a podcast or a, or a blog but I mean there's a, a considerable amount of blurring of the lines I think these days anyway so. yeah I yeah. what I would draw the line at is if you are just a Facebook page or just a Twitter account then that is that's not enough but no. if you have a podcast which is hosted say even if it's hosted on a third party website that's probably all right um so yeah, yeah just get that in as well um yeah and the point will be that when these things happen, when these matches happen, when these kits are uploaded, we're going to be sharing these on Facebook and and Twitter and so on. So you, there's going to be mentions. If you don't like mentions on Twitter and Facebook, this maybe isn't the thing for you. But yeah. uh, if you like us to talk about you and to you on Twitter and Facebook, then, then this may be of interest. But mm. I'm particularly excited about it. I hope we can get enough members to actually keep this off uh, very yeah. soon and uh yeah get get those entries in i think we've got already just with the uh the few of us who are involved in it we've got six or seven websites already uh yep. blogs already so um yeah it'll be kicking off wait. sooner rather than later yeah so <laughs> that's fantastic uh thank you yeah. chris for for your involvement in that thank you for letting design football have the the league of blogs and turning it into the league of black blog actor uh your assistance will be invaluable uh as the league progresses and will and expensive we'll as you'll find when you get my invoice <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah the league of blogs Did I mention was, the, invoice? League, league, the bill i got for the league of blogs taking that over was uh was higher than i expected so yeah but i i committed by that point so yeah, yeah. okay no, it's all good yeah. it'd be excellent Okay, well, that is that is uh, that's more or less us, I think. So happy New Year! Yeah, happy New Year! Uh, enjoy twenty seventeen. Enjoy the League of Blog Actor, and I look forward to seeing all the great things that that you provide for us, uh, Chris. And uh, thank you. Yeah, um, be great to speak to you soon. We'll have you back on very soon. That'd be wonderful. Look forward to that. Okay, so happy New Year to everyone. Thank you, Chris. And uh, see you next year. Bye bye. 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 Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.